Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. This is the August 8th or August 19th edition of the Fightful podcast. We're talking NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. We have an all-star panel with us tonight. Virtually everybody but Jimmy Van is here. We'll start from left to right, at least, at least via my view. Associate editor of Fightful.com. Alex Palowski. Alex, it's been a busy weekend for you and I already. Yeah, it's but... only going to get more busy, but uh, tonight, I don't mind, because <laughs> it's one of those things where I know at the end of the night tomorrow, I'll be like, God, I hate wrestling, but I'll have to remember, now, gosh, wrestling's awesome. <laughs> I'll just say, thank God David Tease was around to help tonight. It eased some of the pressure that, that we usually experience. Also, Anna Bauert, who at the end of the show will tell you... Uh, how you can help Most Ridiculous, which has gone independent. You're going to get that street cred, Anna. Sure. Without the Canadians pushing you. But uh, good to have you on the show. What did you think of NXT overall? Um, I went to pour a drink before and I nearly spilt it everywhere. I feel like I'm high. I haven't, I don't drink. I don't take drugs. I just, I've lost it. I'm so freaking excited. Exactly what somebody who does drink and take drugs would say. But I'm just in love. This must be true love. That, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I proposed to NXT at some point tonight on Twitter. Um, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and regret all of this, but let's go. Also, Jeff Hawkins, co-host of Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, you're a late addition to this show, but a welcome addition to this show. Can you see my heart breaking as Anna has found another? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was so jazzed and, and Rob's unable to record right now. So, so I'm like, I need to talk wrestling. Get me on this show. And I, yeah. I'm pretty excited to talk about this show. It was a damn good one. Um, all things considered, I don't know how much better it could have went. Sure. The main event could have went a little better in the ring, but, but we'll, we'll talk about that as it goes on pre-show. I got to say, Charlie Caruso is doing a really good job at this. 
They brought on a lot of NXT alumni, some better than others. I thought that Big E was rough, rough. Um, but that X Men Cole, he was intentionally rough. Yeah, he yeah. was he was he was trolling that whole setup the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he was he was trying to throw a wrench in the properly planned uh, segment. I think we saw Biggie, Carmella, Sasha Banks, Neville, Becky Lynch appear. No Bo Dallas. Jeff, why no Bo Dallas? <laughs> I think we all know why no Bo Dallas. Uh, but uh, but uh, the Neville segment, fantastic <laughs> stuff with him giving oh. Corey the evil eye. Uh, I mean, if he had had a working microphone, it would have been so sublime to have watched that segment. But that's what killed it was that uh, was terrible audio throughout. But Neville giving uh, giving Corey Graves the death stare made up for any lack of. Uh, continuity on the big e part alex do you you think that do you think that this was intentional they they really hammered home the hey you and alistair black have history type of thing god i hope not alistair black deserves to be fighting in the main event not not in the cruiserweight division he's we'll talk about this later but he's there's something about that guy where he's should be a, a, a main eventer or at very least in the upper mid card of the actual show the way the way they treat those cruiserweights, I don't want anyone that's as good as him anywhere near that thing. If maybe he could make it better, but I don't want that stink on that guy. Uh, the Neville thing, the Neville, everything at the Neville desk was was great, particularly because Corey Graves was trying to be so chummy, like no, 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 Neville and I go way back. Let me talk to him. It's okay, Neville. And then Neville's like, yeah, we do go way back. Remember when you stabbed me in the back? Wasn't that great? It was just <laughs> phenomenal. And, and Neville and t- is so good at playing this character. Yeah, and to top it all off, the, the shot of him in the crowd tonight where he just looks like the only guy not having fun was, was fantastic. Oh, oh, man. Anna, was there anything else that stood out on this pre-show to you in particular? I just absolutely loved that they brought all these past personalities back. The entire field tonight, just overall, it just felt really special. And I don't know if it's just because it's Brooklyn or whatever, but I really appreciate all the effort that NXT, all the lengths that they went to for tonight. And I've got to disagree. I love Biggie's school of gyrating. That's mine. <laughs> the the my favorite part of the entire pre-show was them interviewing Kurt Angle, like he's out there scouting these people. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm really interested to, to see Asuka in the match tonight." And I was like, "Oh, Kurt, Kurt, you don't watch, do you? Kurt, you don't watch the product. That's not good." I will say that Lita saved that. By saying Kurt's yeah. probably here to scout talent, like he's saying maybe he isn't, but he's not fooling anybody. I thought that Lita did a really good job of kind of maybe throwing some dirt and burying that mistake of Kurt's. But also at the beginning of the show, Code Orange plays I had never really heard them before. It felt like ECW with good production values, but um, this they got a pretty good reaction, all things considered, Jeff. Like traditionally, when this type of thing happens, it doesn't go down like that. No, but I think, and I, I mean, it, this would have died on the main roster, I think. But yes. NXT kind of, I, I think everybody's in on it. Although there were some reports of uh, some not so nice treatment of the horsewomen tonight in the crowd. But other than that, you know, the NXT crowd, I think, gets it and goes along with the ride. And I think, you know, they know that. These guys are a young up and coming band and they need all the support they can get. And this is a big opportunity for them. They're not retreads. They're not 
guys who, you know, I mean, and the songs they put out are both good too. I mean, Alistair Black's theme was pretty, pretty darn fantastic tonight. I thought. Shout out to the person in the chat who asked if they were the new H blocks. There are about three of you that will understand that joke, but I understood it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> and uh, this crowd, with whether it was the music, whether it was the horsewomen in general, what did you make of this crowd? Because that's often a hot topic, whether it's at full sale or on the road. I thought the crowd was great. It, every, to me, it felt like everyone was in on this, and everyone – the energy, you can even tell just from the top of the match between um, Atami and Black. Like they, were, they were buzzing. They were ready to go. And it was, I feel like that was just the energy of the entire room. And then in terms of the band, I just thought it was really cool that we finally see where Eric Rowan's been. He's just <laughs> rocking it on that guitar. <laughs> also, we see uh, actually up in the crowd, <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle are all – or they're, they're there, and they're getting a talking to from, like, No Way Jose, uh, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce. I liked that touch of these people, especially the iconic duo, making their pitches to appear on SmackDown <laughs> or Raw. Alex, do you see any of these people who are in that skybox appearing on SmackDown or Raw in the alleged Soup Shake 2? Um, soup Shake here. I don't know if yet. But the iconic duo is would 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 be great for either women's division. They're 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 infectious. Like I, I love everything they do together, and they're both not slouches in the ring. Like immediately, they're better than Dana Brooke. So like, like yeah. let's 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 throw that out there. Like have them have them do something. I mean, depending on who comes away with the belt, Naomi's got have somebody to go up against. It's a heel that's not Natty, for God's sake. So. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing her go up against the iconic hey, duo. That could be fun. If Kurt Angle got sick of him as shit in storyline and traded yeah. her and Dana Brooke for Billy Kay and Peyton, that'd be fun. That would that would be great. It would advance Emma as a character. It would advance Kurt Angle as a GM. I'd be all for that. Also, Anna, I want to ask you: Could Code Orange be the new nickname for Adam Cole, based on that tan? Let's not be mean now. <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that i i need to say i would have paid 20 bucks for a feed of the show split screen i have the match on one half and i have billy k and peyton royce bothering daniel bryan during yeah. the entire show <laughs> i oh i would have paid double the monthly fee just to have that feed all jeff night. did you see the the johnny gargano shenanigans that they pulled last night while they were waiting on the flight yeah, that that, and, brilliant. that and the uh, and the imitation of both McMahons during. Did you see that one? Where, yes, where, where, where Peyton's imitating Shane and Billy's doing Vince's walk. I mean, you got if you've ever been stuck in an airport for that long, you go a little stir crazy. Very true. Uh, we had the show kickoff with what I thought was the match of the night. Andrade Cien Almas defeated Johnny Gargano. And Anna, what you're wearing was implicated heavily in this in this match. I had decided to wear the shirt halfway through this match, and the fact that he was foiled by a DIY shirt. Oh my god, I'm so in love. 
you had like the technique of this match. And at the end of it, it was just, it was the DIY shirt that brought him down after everything. It didn't even matter. Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Gargano is something else. And uh, sorry, I'm distracted by Jeff's face pulling, pulling faces right now on my screen. Oh, um, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm out of it. Um, they made comment on on commentary tonight about his physique and X-Pac also wrote, wrote something on Twitter. And I noticed that um, I think it was his first match back after the incident of DIY 2017. He is looking incredible. His in-ring work is incredible. He has the crowd behind him. Um, and Almas was perfect. I'm not going to say support. It, dance partner for this. I just absolutely loved this setup. Um, it was a perfect way to open the show. Everyone lost their shit. And I will also take this point to say Nigel McGuinness and Marlo Ronaldo on commentary, I will take them over most other people. It just, that was so illiterate. Um, <laughs> I'm so out of it. Um, they actually bother to call moves. They bother to call reasons why submissions or attempted pins didn't work. And Ronaldo's little quips for every single match are just so perfect. Like Gargano lighting up Almas like the nearby Times Square. It's just so Ronaldo-esque. Uh, yeah. I, I caught – I was catching up on NXT as I'm, I'm usually not able to watch weekly. And I unfortunately heard Mauro Ronaldo falling into the WWE traditions of the, the things that drive me nuts every week. It didn't happen tonight. It did not happen really at all tonight. And I was very thankful. Also, it's crazy to think it's been six and a half years since we first saw Rosita in TNA now that she is with Almas in NXT and she's still like 26. Gargano had those unusual looking punches that make a really awesome sound and get a really great crowd reaction. Also, I noticed his slingshot spear is like a WWE producer's dream because on TV, you can't see it coming at all. You just see him flying into the shot, hitting a spear. The Tranquilo is countered with a kick, then a suicide dive, slingshot DDT. It was at that point, like you take a look at this match, you're like, well, this is going to be a banger. I really appreciated the fact that Almas, Gargano, and really anybody else used unconventional or traditionally unseen offense in WWE because there's just so often we see the same stuff, whether it's TV, pay-per-view, live events, anything. Uh, the counters, the offense of this was, was just incredible. I thought that Almas was having a star-making performance 14 months after he debuted, and that doesn't usually happen in NXT from a guy so experienced. I tweeted that if Tetsuya Naito and Manny Ramirez had a kid, it would be Andrade Almas, and that's perfect. That's really awesome. Uh, as we mentioned, throwing the DIY shirt kind of caused the beginning of the end for uh, Gargano. Alex, what did you think about this match? Uh, this is the match of the weekend. There's nothing topped it for the rest of the night, I don't think. There were other things that were great, and we'll talk about that. But uh, nothing's going to come close to this tomorrow. Not even the big B four-way, because you know they're not going to book that right. This was outstanding. Hey, this lineup we have right here, this is the real big before way at the weekend. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, 
the storytelling of this thing was so great because both guys had no beef with each other, really. Just wanted to go out there and prove they were the best. And sometimes that's a really cool thing because most of the time in WWE, you have to have a three-month-long feud before you build any animosity. They built the animosity during the match. Like, these two guys' personalities clashed while they were fighting. And you don't get a lot of that stuff ever on the main roster. Um, Usually, because I say, it usually has to be this long build-up to it. All there were sequences in the match where I was watching and going, everything was happening at such a breakneck speed. I was wondering how they weren't going to screw this up, and they didn't. And then the finish, the hammerlock DDT always looks brutal. But the way Johnny Gargano took it, I literally said, just like this, sitting on my couch, holding my six-month-old baby, holy fuck. Um, <laughs> that, like, That's going to be your first it, words. Might be. <laughs> uh, if I watch too much Johnny Gargano on Johnny Almas matches, they might be because you might hear it too much. Um, listen, <laughs> like the way he sold that was directly on the top of his head. Like the, he took that. God bless Johnny Gargano, man. Go back and watch his stuff. Like that one match he had at the Cruiserweight Classic against Tommaso Ciampa. Like you watch that match and then know that whenever those two guys come face to face again, it's going to be twice as good as that. Like Johnny Gargano is. He's the babyface god right now in WWE, and I can't, I don't want them to screw it up. Jeff, do you think there's any way that this situation leads to Candice LeRae starting with NXT with Gargano? I wouldn't mind it, to be honest with you. I think it'd be, it'd be fine. Um, yeah, I, I number one, let, let's, let's bring up how cut Johnny Gargano looked tonight. Uh, I think that's the most I've ever, the best in shape I've seen Johnny Gargano ever in terms of uh, his physique. And I'm usually not a physique guy, but, you know, there. Uh, Gargano can lose every match until Ciampa comes back. That's where the money is. And so this is a nice little, again, going with the Alex thing, if, if they do it right, a losing streak gimmick will not hurt Gargano at all here. And this match was fantastic. And, and just to bring up your point from earlier, the whole theme of this show to me, was rehabbing guys who have been there a long time, even in defeat, because Almas was rehabbed tonight. Hideo Itami, in my opinion, was rehabbed tonight. Alexander Wolf reclaimed himself quite well tonight. Oh I, think my Ember, God. I think Ember Moon really, really got over tonight in defeat. I mean, everybody in defeat pretty much rehabbed themselves after being considered not living up to their potential. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and what can you say about this match? This match was a hot opener and they came in the back and probably said top that. And it was great. Yeah. I'll definitely want to hear from you first on uh, the tag match, because I know you and I had said some things about Wolf that uh, we're definitely going to backtrack on probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mea culpa's coming. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this match, oh man, this was great. Almas has always had that potential. You could see it from the beginning, but you knew that that angle was, that that gimmick wasn't going to work. What he had going was not going to work. And uh, shout outs to everybody involved. They recognized it. Not only that, they got him a heater too. One that's not just a heater, but one that's experienced, but doesn't have like, not like everybody's going to point out and say, we know her from this, we know her from this, we know her from this, because nobody watched TNA. But um, 
Speaking of, we have TNA or Global Force Wrestling spoilers and Ring of Honor results up on Fightful.com in case you guys missed those. Some interesting stuff happening there and some not-so-interesting stuff happening there as well. I, I can't say enough good about this match. I don't think Johnny Gargano is hurt at all. He could lose every single match until Ciampa comes back, and I think he'd be just as fine. And as soon as Ciampa comes back, he would be above where he is now even because that we all will care about that match. We will all care about that return. Uh, big fan of this match. Big fan of Almas. Glad to see him emerging. By the way, guys, wanted to throw this out there. Always check out Joe Holbert's great articles that he does. The morning after NXT, he does the NXT report card and does a lot of great features for us. So check those out. NXT Tag Team Championship. Sanity which was a little bit – boy, they really took advantage of that free bird rule, which we will talk about momentarily. <laughs> I'll just say their entrance isn't done justice by TV. It's really good live. And I dubbed this the junior big beef battle, but then Eric Young went and messed it up. Eric Young went and messed it up. This was the brawl we all expected. Then Eric pulled the old switcheroo and replaced Dane because he hadn't yet tagged into the match. And the thing is, like, when I look at Authors of Pain, they strike me as the kind of guys that be like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let him. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> well, listen, uh, I mean, like, just objectively, Eric Young is half the size of Killian Dane. Yeah. So you got to be thinking that Alice Payne is like, oh, cool. Yeah, you can come in. That's fine. Get him out of here. Yeah. Uh, pardon me while we hit you with a back body drop into a dominator. <laughs> that was horrifying. Uh, then, then they had, like, a nice side slam stomp. Alexander Wolf, holy crap, this guy had a great showing. Jeff, I'm, I'm not wishing he was Josh Barnett anymore, and that's all due respect to Josh Barnett. Yes, let, let's, let's start the soft piano music right now. <laughs> Dear Alexander Wolf, in previous weeks on this show, I have denigrated you. I have said you are the weak link in sanity. I have called you the poor man's Josh Barnett. I have even said during this match that when Eric Young came in, he he replaced the wrong guy. You proved me wrong tonight, Alexander Wolf. You were flat out awesome here. Where have you been all my life? Throwing suplexes like that. Having (laughs) having baby face fire. Even though you're the heel team in this match like that brawling like that diving like that alexander wolf this is my mea culpa on my knees please please i am so so, come back to me baby i'm so so very sorry that's that's from both of us that i I just i this match this i am sorry that i said that this might be the weak link in nxt takeover i this match over delivered to a point where I experienced what Anna did, but I had an hour and a half to recuperate. It was, I I loved the ECW style brawl beforehand to the point where I was hoping they'd start playing natural born (laughs) killers all throughout the ring. I loved the, I loved the Eric young reveal, even though I was yelling, no, I'd rather see Dane and young than Alexander Wolf. And then Alexander Wolf comes in and starts throwing these suplexes. Like, like he's Taz. And I'm just going, oh, my God, this is so great. And then 
Then Nikki Nikki Cross comes in. And this match goes from sublime to ridiculous because I loved that entire spot through the table. I know I'm not supposed to like intergender wrestling. I know I'm not I'm supposed to cringe at such things. But I love that spot and I'm go- not going to apologize for it at all cuz I loved this match. I loved the aftermath. I'm sorry I've taken up so much time. Everybody else can talk about this while I have a cigarette. Okay. okay. So, My favorite part about that spot was Killian Dane going, oh no, I got to save Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> he crossbodies himself through her onto the guy through a table. Like that was his literal thought process. You were like, oh no, I got to save Nikki. <laughs> the, the only way, Alex, that could be better is if they find an alternate camera angle and after it happens, Nikki goes, Thanks, man. <laughs> High five. That's what I need. Up top. Up top. Thanks, big man. Good looking, looking out. Good um, looking out. <laughs> that, that, that was great. Listen, I, I thought the same things. I was like, well, this is objectively going to be the worst tag match of takeovers for a while. Like, like considering like the revival and DIY and all these people who were the people we all thought were carrying authors of pain through these matches. What's all the pain is going to do against another big bruising team? Um, and I was wrong. I was wrong because these guys were – Alexander Wolf was hiding all this stuff. Like he's been on the NXT roster forever. I don't remember seeing him ever throw a suplex like that, but I guess he was just getting squashed before he was insanity. And insanity, he's not actually in the ring all that much. Like this – he was great. I said the same thing. I was like, well, isn't Dane your top guy? Like – He's the only one who's big enough to throw these dudes around. Oh, was I wrong? And all this stuff was all fantastic. The Nikki Cross spot was the highlight of the whole match. Everything was great. I, I, I thought to myself, is Sanity somehow going from the heel team that everyone kind of is like, oh, yeah, Sanity, I forgot about them, to a babyface team that everyone's like super into in the sp- span of this match? Like, how, when does that ever happen? This was this was really really surprising uh, in a very very good way. Anna, were you as surprised with the quality of this matchup as the rest of us appear to be? I don't think I was as surprised. I didn't know what to expect from it, but I, I mean, NXT Takeover. I assumed that they would deliver, and they did. Um, Alexander Wolfe, MVP of this match, he was insane. Um, Nikki Cross and Oscar, they are everything I wish to be. And her involvement in this match just next-leveled it to a point I didn't even think was possible. Um, Everyone's pretty much said everything. I just want to add, Corey Graves on commentary was a really great addition, and I've Mm -hmm. so missed him at NXT. The order of this, you are from a beautiful technical match to utter chaos with people fighting out in the crowd and in the ring and then just even before the match, everything. Um, And AOP. Their fashion statements before every single takeover oh were just beautiful. They was like, it was like Lady Gaga meets Call of Duty. I don't know where they come up with this stuff, but it's brilliant. And then, of course, we had the end of the match and the intruders. And I'm a very, very happy person right now. Anna, let me ask you, what do you think Red Dragon being here means for a team like TM61, who are currently on the shelf, maybe getting ready to return and never got, never took off because personally I'm sitting there thinking that Nick Miller and Shane Thorne saw that and go, son of a bitch. 
it's a chance for them to they're going to have to up their game if they want to if they want to hang pretty much um they've got to mix up the personalities more or go further into their personalities to really highlight the difference and i think this could be a world of good for everyone i can't wait to see it red dragon attack the new champions to me these are situations this in the main event where I wish, at the very least, that NXT would be like, hey, you know the, the tradition, the rematch tradition? We don't do that here. We do things a little bit differently because it really handcuffs a lot of people into getting beaten multiple times. Also, it handcuffs NXT and has previously into really long, like, six-month feuds where you don't need to have those. But uh, Red Dragon... Big fan of them. We're going to talk about them later in the show, though, so I'm going to kind of hold off on everybody's opinions on them until later on. Alistair Black defeated Hideo Itami. Uh, Alistair Black got a real star treatment with the live music. Uh, I was also told this weekend that there are good plans for Alistair Black. That was uh, pretty nice. Also pretty nice, they brought in Jim Ross to call this one. They had uh, Corey Graves come back and call a previous match. That was that was pretty damn neat, too. Black got busted open early, and you can kind of tell this was the match that both of these guys were meant for here. They threw some really stiff kicks. They beat the living shit out of each other. Solid stuff. Shout-outs to Hideo Itami for the Super Falcon Arrow. Black <laughs> eventually wins with a wheel kick that he delivers better than many pro MMA fighters, in my opinion. Anna, ha, has your interest in Itami went up since this heel turn? And what do you think of Aleister Black in the match? Yeah, um, they had to do something like that with Itami after everything that's happened. Um, and I'm still interested in seeing where they go with this. Hopefully it's further with Ono, possibly. Um, Aleister Black is someone that, I mean, first of all, shout out for his entrance. It was like, a visual of all the demons in his mind coming to life as he walks down the entrance ramp. It was so cool. And I just wanted to go to a dive bar after it. Um, But he's one of the guys that I watch and I want to see more of. And I couldn't tell if it was just because he is, you know, the dark mystery man and all that kind of stuff. Or if, and I think I've come to the conclusion, no, it's just that he is that good and that captivating that no matter what he does, you just want to see more. Like you just expect there's always more that he can deliver and he can. That moment where he he cracked it and then all of a sudden he went from this stoic mystery man to going one-on-one, one-for-one with Itami, that was so cool. And the end of the match, you could tell that it wasn't his normal composed, you know, sit-down self. He was rocked. And I just love that each time we see him, more and more shades of black come forward. It's I really like him, both of them. I thought it was a great match. Alex, your thoughts on really this this entire this entire matchup, the characters involved, where you might see them going from here? Um, yeah, I did the same thing that you did. I I watched every NXT from the last takeover until this past week uh, in the span of like four days. Like I just binge watched them all. And I really highly recommend people try that if they're not able to watch NXT every week, because it was really cool to watch the storylines play out that fast because with only an hour every week, 
then a week off, it's you kind of lose track of where everything's going. And when you see the arc of Alistair Black as the guy they that they run out to like test the new guys up against, like Bobby Fish had a great match against him. Kylo Riley and him like went like just tried to kill each other. But his match against Cassius Ono, which was just like respect match, which was really really cool, like. He really has won me over over the course of all those matches into a point where I'm like, I, I love this guy. I, I, the, 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 the charisma of him in and out of the ring is just off the charts. And I, I loved a little setup of Adeo Itami getting too close to, to Black on an episode of NXT and takes a Black mask to the face. And then this match is made. Great. Perfect. Let's watch these two guys kick the crap out of each other. And we did. And it was excellent. Black got some color. Like it was some some really good gruesome like striking that was so excellent. Uh, I don't know where all these guys go from here, but Alistair Black deserves to be near the main event scene of NXT. Uh, I don't know how that happens with what we found out at the end of the night, but um, that he and Atami could have more matches as far as I'm concerned because this was a lot of fun to watch. Jeff, explain to me why NXT wrestlers get all the great themes and WWE is relegated to duty. <laughs> um, probably because they get to pick first without having Vince come in and go, well, I, here's what you should do with that music, pal, or <laughs> whatever. Um, I, 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 you know, they, they get first pick of CFO's greatest hits, I think. I think that's probably the explanation. Um, I want to go into um, Happy Accidents. Because that blood is a very underrated part of this match right now. Not only because it made Alistair Black a great fiery underdog looking like he's damaged and coming back, but it's really what also helped make Hideo Itami seem like a threat in this match throughout. That, that, that happy accident of getting possibly a little bit too close with a kick or a knee right there Helped make this match for both those guys, I thought. A great visual for the mm-hmm. future for Alistair Black as well. I thought that and as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, this is this is going to help this match in general. Before this, I don't know that I've ever really been that interested in a Hideo Itami match. Uh, well, since, since maybe his first or second, and you could kind of see the score. When I saw him perform live, I could tell that this was not the Hideo Itami that many had that I had seen before, you know what I mean? It wasn't that guy, and maybe in translation he was kind of – maybe that that care, that style was lost in translation, rather, as he, as he moved to WWE. Interested to see where he goes from here because that a loss only contributes to his sulking and that character. Jeff? They really – put over him in defeat on commentary. So I think they do. I mean, that that's a purposeful thing that they do um, with, with uh, I want to say Nigel. Is that, yeah, with Nigel really getting, g- getting over that Atami was great here in defeat and there's big plans for him later. Um, they don't say that without hopefully him still being part of the mix somewhere in here. Altogether a, an exceptional match. Followed by a pretty damn incredible match. Asuka defeated Ember Moon. I would have put this as the main, but I think when it wasn't, we all knew that something big was going to happen in the main event. 
Ember Moon starts off really fast with leg sweeps, a cannonball to the outside that looked really good. Uh, Asuka caught her much better than Bobby Roode would have ever caught her. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Then Asuka hits some nasty surfboard stomps, like to the point to where I was starting to worry about Ember a little bit. I'm like, hey, is that shoulder still in its socket? Is that is that going to be okay? Like at some point I was expecting Ember to look up and be like, God damn, maybe, maybe chill a little. <laughs> also a German suplex into the buckle. That was nice. Ember hit a tornado suplex that I really liked. Then Asuka kicked out of the eclipse. Now, Ember Moon's expression on her face when this happened was one of my favorite things on the entire show. Because not everybody on this show had been doing the, oh my God, I can't believe they kicked out of this move look that we see so many times on other shows, this meant a lot more. To Ember, it looked like, like I tweeted that, I, that she thought that the entire build of this match had been a lie. How she had said, <laughs> if I hit the eclipse on you, you get beaten. It's like she knew in her heart it was all a lie, and she was never nearly as close to beating Asuka as she thought she was. And to be able to get that, to convey that through a few seconds of a facial expression is pretty impressive. It's pretty awesome. Asuka gets hot, caught holding the trunks, eventually taps out Ember Moon, or yeah, Ember Moon. What a, what a run she's had, Alex. Walk, walk me through your feelings in this one. Um, I wrote on Twitter, this is the, the best NXT women's match since the horsewomen left. Um, and I, don't, I don't even know that it's, that it's close. Uh, Ember Moon's a fucking star in the ring. Not out of the ring, but they're trying yeah. to build her through promos and stuff. And if you just let her go, this woman is insane like it's she's so great she could absolutely hang with oscar who might be the best ever like th- this is this was an amazing amazing match what you're talking about that moment where she realized oh my god she kicked out no one kicks out of this the way that they built it i don't know what her history what athena's history is with with um the eclipse in the indies before she got here but the way they built the, the move up, it was like no one had ever kicked out of it ever anywhere. Like, that's the way it kind of felt. Like, when she hits you with it, that's it. You're done. And it, she wasn't done. And she knew it. She knew that was it for her, that there was no everything that she thought was a lie. And yet she kept fighting. She was like, it was, she got even more into it. And I loved it. The, the, the trunks into something else. And then um, 
she was able to reverse the uh, the arm breaker into a pinfall that Asuka kicked out of directly into the uh, Asuka lock. And then Ember fought so hard to get out of it, trying to get Asuka's shoulders down and and having to tap out. Personally, I would have gone with the pass out thing, but maybe that was just too much. They've already done that with Bailey a couple of times. Um, But I loved the end where they let Ember be alone and dejected in the ring and then defiant as she got up and left. Like that shows that they have a lot of plans for her. Um, and I'm looking forward to those plans as long as they keep her in the ring doing the, this all this amazing work that built her. She got over during this match. Don't squander that by having her cut a five-minute promo next week on NXT. Anna, what I'll ask you is, Asuka, she's been champion 504 days. Who knows who will beat her? Now, this is just hypothetical, completely hypothetical. Say she goes unbeaten for another two years. Completely hypothetical. Do each of these takeover matches still hold that? Is this going to be the one that she loses to? Or will it turn into, well, we know she's going to win? I don't know if that, I mean, you think of take a streak. I think the matches are that good that it doesn't, really matter that it's it doesn't become a point of okay this is we know what's going to happen here everyone wants to see it because she is that good and this match tonight the storytelling of it and the in-ring just proved why she is that good and why she can kick out of out of the eclipse and why she you know, she wins in that manner um these two women are exceptional i admittedly got teary three times tonight. I can't remember the last time that has happened watching wrestling matches, but this was one of them. Everything from even in the the pre-tape, I've been harsh on Ember Ember Moon. We all have in terms of her promos and she does have a way to go with them, but there was a line in it in the pre-show when the, in the pre-tape, every time I think I figure out the puzzle, she, she changes it. And that perfectly sets up this feud. It perfectly sets up Oscar. And then the fact that Ember just went straight for it. It was, uh, I'm, yeah, I will gather my, yes. So the fact that she kicked out of the Eclipse, the fact that she also kicked out after she got a boot to the face, that shows that Oscar is deserving. But the fact that Oscar nearly had to cheat. She thought she had to cheat and grab the tights to win this. Puts Ember over to an infinite, infinite degree. And so on a side note, the little quarrel that she had with the ref after she got called out for holding the tights and the ref was so terrified of saying, sorry, I can't count this. was beautiful. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, one of the best, uh, yeah, the best NXT women's match for me. Or tied. Jeff, hit me with your thoughts. Yeah, I I mean, Anna pretty much summed up at least the, the part of the story that I really liked was that Asuka still was trying to cheat to win to get out of this match, even though she pulled it out in the end. Uh, this is the Ember Moon we've been waiting for. Um, I, had, I, too, had been kind of soft on, on Ember being the one to win this. But I think 
kind of with the parallel to the Bailey and the second match, I think maybe Ember should be the person to beat her. I, I used to think it was Nikki Cross or maybe the winner of this May Young tournament. But if em- if they can if they can build upon this Ember Moon thing, next takeover wherever she'll be the person to take the take the, take it from Asuka and become a big star. There there are some little things in this in this match that I really really liked. I loved Asuka's sell of the Eclipse. I thought just kind of that 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 hop and then dead waiting down. I thought that was fantastic. Something that commentary didn't notice, but I noticed when Oscar did the disarmor and was oh, looking yeah. at Becky and just kind of saying, "Yeah, you like this? You like this?" I thought that was fantastic. And and to go on to Alex's point about the post match, that was straight out of the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch NXT Takeover match that those two did for the women's title, where you could just where Becky was just absolutely crushed at the time, but then gathered herself defiant and got a huge standing ovation. Not as big an ovation as I kind of wanted from this crowd, but still a very, very good reaction from them for Ember coming up. And I think it just even in de- it does something that the main roster just does not do, and that is build up people in defeat through actually acting, through watching it on the screen, as opposed to Michael Cole just overselling it on commentary all the time. That that's that's the uh that's the disconnect for me there. We we've been we've been trained through the main roster watching all these shows knowing that if you lose in a big spot, it's because they don't have confidence in you. Like that's the thing that we've all been trained to believe on the main roster, but it doesn't feel that way in NXT. It feels like this is the lumps you got to take to take that next step. That's a very good point and as I had posed the question to Anna earlier and she brought up the undertaker reference and about how he was so good that it made it okay. By the end, by the time Lesnar beat him, nobody thought that Lesnar was really going to beat him. And initially we, we had that reaction. It's hard for me to say if that would be the case with an Oscar, because like Jeff said, it's the little things that she does and the little nuances she puts in and like, it sort of reminded me of like like Holly Holm kicked the living shit out of Ronda Rousey, but in an interview she said afterwards, she was like, I got hit once by Ronda Rousey, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to make a habit of that. Asuka saw Ember Moon go into the top rope, and she said, no, no, we're not doing that shit again. And she grabbed the referee and put him in front of her and was like, no, I'll, I'll take a cross body, but you're not jumping off and hitting me with that thing because I was lucky to get out at 2.9. There, it's just psychologically, it feels like a, I don't want to say a psychologically challenging thing. It's just, it's complimentary. It's to somebody who wants more out of it than that and really liked it. Really, really yeah. liked it. And the other thing is there are people after this match going, well, you know, now's the time to bring Asuka up to the main roster. I'm like, I want Vince McMahon nowhere near Asuka. I don't. Yeah. I just, I could see a music distraction and Nia Jax rolling her up for that first <laughs> And I just, no, thank you. Well, I want to say that I think it's I think it's cool of Triple H to basically cover for that situation because he said in an interview this weekend that Vince McMahon will or he said at a press conference or something like that that Vince McMahon will ask him how a talent's doing and when he can get them. And then in a later interview Triple H said that he has told Vince McMahon the only one that he doesn't want to go up is Oscar. There have never been plans for her to go up. Period. She was never originally planned to have ever went up. Now she may force their hand, but that's kind of him covering for Asuka in that regard. Also, I've been getting a lot of tweets about uh, Hulk Hogan 
being in town. He is in town for memorabilia signing, according to Jimmy Van. So uh, it, it, there are no plans for him to be at SummerSlam, as far as I know, by the way, guys. But we do have a post-SummerSlam show tomorrow night. And, of course, Raw and SmackDown. Make sure you uh, thumbs us up, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Visit FightfulPods.com and Fightful.com. We have forums, photos, videos, exclusives, all that and more. MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. Speaking of boxing, Mayweather McGregor next Saturday, guys. Join myself, Showdown Joe, and it looks like Carlos Toro. We're up in the air about whether one of us is going to go to Vegas to cover some of the the stuff live, but uh, by all indications, it seems like it'll be myself, Showdown Joe, and Carlos Toro. And, of course, uh, we have the Holy Smokes MMA podcast that airs 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., rather, Tuesday afternoons, one of our flagship shows along with The List and Your Boy, which airs 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now, main event time. Jeff. You can appreciate the old school style. I don't understand what people's problem with Bobby Roode is. I don't. Because yeah. I'm reading I'm reading Twitter during the match. He didn't ask for my blessing before he used the impaler. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I loved his Terry Taylor robe tonight. That that Terry Taylor cosplay was something. Terry Taylor um, in the news lately. Yeah, Did you see that uh, interview with Stevie Ray? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um but I thought Bobby Roode was a perfectly good champion here. I doing doing kind of the the flair tribute match at the beginning. Um, yeah, I I didn't have any problems with him tonight. I don't I didn't understand why everybody's going. Man, I'd love to see anybody else in the ring right now with Drew McIntyre than Bobby Roode. Man, you know I think that's just anti TNA stench and 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 it's it's time to get over it guys i mean yeah he's not the new young up-and-comer that nxt is kind of built around but he's a guy who solid in the ring i thought tonight too i mean and actually i thought this is probably one of his better nxt takeover matches it was and the fact that it was still average to me screams a lot because to me he yeah. is he works a very 2003 triple h style and that's not a good thing because I've seen that he is capable of so much more than that. And as far as the TNA stench thing, I think that shit got wiped out over before he debuted because of that theme song. Like that he had the best opportunity had this theme song been given to Drew McIntyre and he was putting a damn robe or something. Whoever gets that theme song got something special. That was yeah. being handed the golden ticket. But if you go in there and you try to drink out of the chocolate lake or whatever the shit is too many times, you're going to get busted. I think he got busted. His style, I don't know if that's really the best. outdated? You think it's outdated? Yeah, I I do. For for this, at least. Because you've got – WDB fans see that every week with Randy Orton. Now they got to see it again with Mike Kanellis every single week. You see it with Jinder Mahal. You see the same style with so many guys on a weekly basis. And again, like three of them are on SmackDown. Yeah, uh, I, I just I just think if he did more I, I don't I don't know what people want, because do do they want more aerial moves out of a champ or something? Because then it becomes an acrobatic dance and, and things of that 
nature. I, I don't, I mean, do they want more toughness out of Bobby Roode? Do they want him to more of a stomp, stomp, try and hurt? He's trying to actually hurt a guy, even though he's kind of a flaky champ. Yeah. I'd like that out of him personally. Cause I don't, I don't care for triple H at all in terms of his wrestling, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I always thought that was my problem with triple H is he's the tough guy who never really tries to hurt a guy. He tries to wrestle a guy instead of going to being tougher when it called for it. And, and Flair always had that thing where you knew you were in a fight with Ric Flair when, when he was doing his main event stuff and really trying to, I mean, all he did was chop and punch for the most part, but he was chopping and punching to kick your ass. That that's, and that's what Bobby Roode to me is missing is kind of that ass kicking quality of it. Alex, I can see you chomping at the bit. Yeah. There's, there's the thing about him is that Bobby Roode wrestles a main roster style in NXT. And there's it's it just stands out among the rest of the matches. I think if we were watching it, if we wasn't watching this match on a on a main roster pay per view, it wouldn't look out of place. It looked out of place here. It all of Rude's main roster uh, and takeover matches have looked out of place among the rest of the stuff because it's all for everything else is all work rate and it, all this sort of stuff where where, where he's. He's methodical. He'll he'll do really good limb work. He's doing excellent at what he does. But if it's not your cup of tea, because you love watching what the rest of NXT is, then I understand why you're like, well, why is this guy got the belt? Like, and I totally understand it. I'm not along those lines, but to me, this was the worst match tonight, and it was for the top title, which says something. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think that that. You know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about where this is going to go after this, but um, I also felt like there was no build to this. Like Drew McIntyre says, "I want it's our NXT, not your NXT," and uh, I want a match with Bobby Roode, and so he wins a match against Killian Dane. Why Killian Dane is even in the conversation of being a main event, you know, top for the top title thing, I have no idea. And then he beats Roddy Strong. You know, yeah, doesn't even beat him. It's just a. Roddy Strong is the guy you want against Bobby Roode. You've built that thing forever. Hey, why, why, why not just that? have him in this damn match? Like, I, I honestly thought after the last episode of NXT when it was a no contest because Roode interrupted that Regal was going to announce on Facebook or wherever on Friday, I've decided I'm adding Roderick Strong to this match, and that's it should be a triple threat. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's a great way of doing it, to get him in the match because he's the one we care about. You did those damn huge vignettes where they where he talked about his past and living in the trailer park and the drugs in his past and all that kind of stuff. And you built this guy up and yet here you go. It's Drew McIntyre, the chosen one, six foot five and chiseled and very Scottish. We know that because of the bagpipes, um, all of that stuff. Like it felt like you were saying, we were saying, well, no, Roddy, he's like five ten. We got to get this big guy in there. Like it felt very main rostery. To me, like, let's not get the guy that we that have gotten over somehow through our own. We did all the stuff for him, but we're not going to let him get over even more by putting him in the main title picture. That just didn't feel right. So the whole build of this match was just odd. There were some good spots. I I mean, I thought it was a fairly average. It definitely wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't bad. Sound outside of Bobby Roode not catching. Oh Jesus! Entire the Tope Canilo. There was a total, so total world slam on the apron I really liked. There was this weird thing where the ref like flipped out his hand to avoid counting at three on a spot. That was weird. 
Anna, I want I want your thoughts, feelings, emotions, <laughs> anger, happiness, all that good stuff. I think you're not looking at the bigger picture here. They obviously want Bobby Roode versus Roderick Strong, but they don't want it to be a main title picture. They've mm. got Adam Cole. They want that for the main for the main title picture. It makes sense that they're going to divide it and go this way. It would have made sense if they made it a triple threat match and then Roode and, and Strong would have just discounted each other and uh, McIntyre would have won. But I also feel like that would have been against McIntyre's credit if he was just the side part of that mix-up and then he just happened to win. I think what they've done is actually, like I was expecting a, a ruddy run-in at the end of it, but I think what they did was the best way to move forward, especially given who turned up at the end. In terms of the shit that Rude gets, I think it is rubber from the previous NXT TakeOver matches. Um, I think this was the best one he had. I think McIntyre brought out the best in him. McIntyre put on a damn good show. I, f- I feel for the guy. I mean, he's he's doing his best. I think he could help himself if he showed something at the last takeover that there was this cowardice that has been there before, but it was really highlighted. I can't remember specifically what happened, but I just remember he rolled out of the ring a couple of times because that's how he wanted to end the match. And I think by highlighting those bits of personality, like the promos that he cut on Roddy and and Marina and the baby was some of the best that I've seen him do at NXT. There is something there and there's something that they can definitely use out of him. It's a shame that it didn't happen during this championship run, but I wouldn't discount him. And I, I think people need to lay off because there is talent there, obviously. And I think people are just bitching now for the sake of bitching. I mean, but this match has been happening for a year. Like, he hasn't – to me personally, like, there hasn't been one Bobby Roode match that I've been like, damn, that one that yeah, one was good and it followed whatever was in front of it. And, to, I mean, it's not just been him in this spot because for a while I thought that Balor, Joe, Nakamura all had matches like that where mm. they slowed down for the sake of having an NXT championship match. But there are guys that have been in NXT for – ages before even getting a spot on the takeover card and they have they've had all that time to develop I mean a lot of them haven't had the experience that Rude has had elsewhere but they've had that time Rude kind of got there and then leapt straight in and I think he's he's still finding his footing to be honest that's in my opinion I could be wrong but that's my read of this situation so I mean I've I've seen him work better than this I saw it for years in TNA I saw him have amazing matches. I, I mean, some of the matches with Motor City Machine Guns were my favorite in the company's history. I know he's capable yeah, of it. Exactly. It's just, it's a different place. It's a different setup. You don't really know what that's going to do to someone's head by throwing them in a different environment. There are different rules there. It's been a year. Uh, well, let's look at the common. Let's look at the common denominator and all the people you said there in the main event. They've all slowed down their style to fit the WWE quote unquote main event style for the NXT championship. So you've had Nakamura come off as being quote unquote, not interested in doing the match or kind of half-assing it. You've had Joe who's been told it looks like he's kind of slowed down and is kind of half-assing it. Balor, same thing just to get to the certain signature spots. I think it's a, 
problem inherent in running the type of show they do where you have these, and Alex brought this up, where you have the type of matches on the undercard that really get a person fired up. And then you're basically putting a very good main roster style main event on there, but it doesn't have that kind of heat of a big time match, so to speak, because they're doing, they're basically teaching to the test on this one. They're, they're, they're doing the main event style to impress the producers in the back rather than the crowd. Jeff, I'll ask you after the match, Drew McIntyre wins new NXT champion. Obvious where he's going from here as Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish all attack him after this. Does Roderick Strong eventually get involved in this? Because as Anna pointed out, it seems like they want to go the road or the rude Roderick route, but it's going to be hard to avoid Roderick Strong and his connection to these guys. Well, I think it depends on how long the rude Roddy program goes, because I think there's a possibility that the reason rude lost is because he's getting brought up. So that may just be for the next television tapings. And then they finish off the story there, which will be long enough. Um, I think it's kind of obvious that Drew's going to be busy with these three for a while. And <laughs> I think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fisher are going to be taking a lot of, uh, a lot of pinfalls from Drew in the meantime to build it up to Adam Cole. Now, as I ask each of you your thoughts on this Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole thing, I will also ask you hypothetically six people. They got to come up. Who are they, Jeff? Six people. Um, six. Authors of Pain, Bobby Roode. Jeez. I got three. Go go around, and I'll get you my second three in a moment. <laughs> Anna, uh, I don't know. Like, do, do you watch much Ring of Honor? Or are you a Ring of Honor? No, my my um, knowledge of these guys is primarily through I mean, clips I've seen, but also word of mouth and their social media stuff. Um, just based on that, I'm really excited about them being here and what could possibly come of this. Um, in terms of call ups, I've actually been actively avoiding trying to figure this out in my head just because <laughs> part of me still, yeah but it's also like i do enjoy living the kayfabe i you know that you do hear a lot of spoilers and stuff doing this this gig and people online and everything but i just i really like the surprise of all this stuff that's still wrestling to me also it's <laughs> There has been no rhyme and reason to the call-ups. For all we know, the street profits could get called up like next week. Hey, damn good. <laughs> let, like let, me, let me tell Joe you something. Vince loves their act. You know Vince loves it because he's like, ah, ha, I understand. You're black. No. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, that is him. Liv, Mor- Liv Morgan is tapped for stardom on the main roster. I can almost guarantee it. Yep, she fits it to a T. That's that's a good here's the deal. Here's the deal. What do we what would we, what do we all have said about Elias Sampson? Like even four months ago. Who's that? And exactly. Elias. You know, Elias. Oh, okay. oh, Elias. Okay. Elias. Hey, I will walk with the drifter. <laughs> that's Come right. On. He's he's no longer a drifter. He's just Elias. But but here's the thing, we never would have thought that he would have had a program with Finn Balor on the main roster. You know what I mean? Like now he's wrestling dudes on main event, but Seriously, like let's let he's been better on the main roster than he ever was in NXT. Honestly, Liv Morgan could do that. 
if they if they booked her in a way of doing that thing. I don't see anything in her, but who knows? I mean, for me, I think we're going to see at least one like that called up where we go. Really, the Velveteen Dream seems prime. Mandy oh, Rose, Mandy Rose, baby. <laughs> yeah. There's a I lot of. I could see a Velveteen Dream Aiden English tag team like just <laughs> I I could see that being a thing like I really could. Um, as far as far as Kyle O'Reilly guys, if you all haven't watched, I would definitely recommend he versus Kashida a few years ago. I think it was a Super Junior Finals. That's one of my favorite matches of all time. Really incredible stuff and there's a version that I believe Jim Ross and Josh Barnett called for access as well, but but Alex, what do what do you see coming out of the, these ring of honor guys or at least what known from ring of honor. Right. Um, uh, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love the idea of, um, fish and O'Reilly red dragon asserting themselves in the tag division. Um, as, as these two little Tasmanian devils, as opposed to the two big teams that, that were, I mean, we're like, well, throw Dane in there as well uh, from Sanity that, that just battled it out. These two guys come in, show no fear and take everybody out. I love that. And I tweeted at the time, wow, uh, takeover Houston in November is going to be a lot of fun. Not knowing that later, two hours later, we were going to get Adam Cole come in. And I was like, oh, well, that's even more true. Um, because you think everything builds to that next big takeover. So you got to think all these guys who just come in and asserted themselves in NXT are going to be heavily involved in all of that build up to that. Um, I, I love the idea of three smaller guys banding together to take on somebody the size of Drew McIntyre because it allows you to tell a story with the, just the damned numbers game, which if you use it correctly can be a really great piece of thing if you're not relying on it in all of your um, storytelling. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that because Adam Cole is a – tremendous talker and he's he's going to be so good at doing that um and 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 being able to get himself over in that way to a crowd that may not know him that may not really have been following roh or new japan or any of that stuff he's he's going to um with his first promo blow people away guys we have added sports topics to the the form or actually sports subcategories to our forums please go check that out and of course fightfulpods.com where you can catch all of our podcasts, whether it's post-Raw, SmackDown, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, post-UFC, WWE pay-per-views, but also our old shows, including those with Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Vince Russo, Elias Theodorou, Sean Pearson. Also, I'll be releasing some of the unedited or rather extended clips from our interviews from the Holy Smokes MMA podcast and the list, Anya Boy, uh, including all those aforementioned names. Don't forget, tomorrow night after SummerSlam, we're coming right back at you. If you all haven't checked out Fightful.com, please go do so. Especially go check out our wrestling and MMA exclusive section. Maybe you all have uh, been at other sites for years and haven't really checked it out and only check out the podcasts. But we have a lot of exclusive news that drops all the time. A lot of great features drop on Fightful.com as well. But uh, Jeff, tell me what's up with you in your near future. I'm watching SummerSlam tomorrow for six hours, and then eventually I'm lucky. (laughs) It's going over. It's going over the four-hour main show. You know this, right? 
and then oh, yeah. hopefully Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon appear on that and kick the crap out of Brock Lesnar. It'll be and get suplex. It'll be great. Uh, in in the near future, uh, I'm logging off. I'm going to pour myself another beverage. I'm going to play a little Battlefield One probably before bed, and then uh, after tomorrow, we'll see when Rob wants to record, and we'll come out with Shake Them Ropes, uh, seeing what he thought of NXT Takeover and SummerSlam. Anna Most Ridiculous has gone independent. You have a Patreon that people can donate to. I encourage you all to check that out on her Twitter. But uh, tell us a little bit about it. Um, it's just about to be uploaded after I get off of here. Uh, there will be a preview available for free across Vimeo and YouTube. And then there will be the full version available for $1. Half of every um, purchase is going to go to Sammy for Syria. And it's... I made I made sure I was making an extra dick of myself for this, so I think you'll enjoy it. Um, as you can see, my lovely display picture today is from one of the episodes. Um, I just want to quickly add, I don't know if this was someone trolling us uh, or a Photoshop or something, but someone posted a picture from the crowd at NXT tonight, and it was of one of the WWE employees at the computer he had the main screen in front of him and then three screens to his right of the hand. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is a Photoshop or if this is just they were trolling us. Um, I would just like to say thank you, though, for that because that made, well, my day was already made, but that just was the cherry on top. But I do have a theory that that's possibly Lars Sullivan and he has just managed to infiltrate his way into all the technology at WWE. And that's going to be, it's, it's, gonna be big. it's subliminal promotion for the May young classic. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, God. It's what it is. They, Her son. Yeah. Yeah. They, he's got to come ha- like give out the trophy, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, just like just like uh, Cody and Goldust did for yeah. the first ever Dickie Rhodes Classic. Yeah, absolutely. Fair is fair. Fair yeah, is fair. Yeah. Alex, uh, also shout outs to you for covering for me when I was out of town this week. I promise you, Alex, after next month's Orlando trip, I may never travel again. Sounds good. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to that. You've been, you've been picking up the slack, you and my boy David Dees. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, slack has been picked up. Uh, but yeah, this this uh, tomorrow uh, is one of those things where <laughs> Jesus, man, like six, probably six and a half straight hours of, of WWE programming, and then you know a nice long podcast followed by uh, doing more stuff for the website for tomorrow. It'd probably be like nine and a half, ten hours straight working. Let me at it. Gonna be a long day for us. <laughs> going to be a long day follow me at sean ross sap uh like i said subscribe like thumbs up this is one of our most watched live shows in in quite a while also uh the august 8th edition of the holy smokes mma podcast our most downloaded audio podcast ever for fightful.com uh thank you guys for that i love seeing that mma show grow because mma podcasting is still very young especially outside of people who fight in the UFC. It's still very young. I'm glad you all are liking that. We put a lot of work into producing that, getting interviews for that, uh, previewing, reviewing. And uh, honestly, when it comes to that, you never know who's just going to blackball you for saying the wrong thing about them. So thank you guys so much for showing so much love to the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. But until next time, guys, we're out.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.